Hello and welcome to this One Time at Summer Camp, a podcast about the magic of summer camp. Back again, um, my name is Nick and we have with us you, Pete, that's your, that's your part. What's up, dude? <laughs> we, got, we got Peter Davey here too. Uh, I was just thinking about the time when for a whole summer at camp I was saying, what's up, dude? Uh, like as a joke and then... It, I said it so much it became an actual thing I just said and I couldn't stop for quite a long time. Yeah, I didn't really like balk at all when you said that because it doesn't seem out of character for you. Well, all right. It's been a yeah. minute since we've <laughs> recorded an episode. Um, I've got my cappuccino in hand. Uh, what are you drinking this morning, Pete? Well, I say this morning. Um, it's it's eight o'clock for me in the morning. A cup of tea for me. At what time? Fuck. I hate how British that sounds. Um, it is <laughs> nine. It is nine p.m. <laughs> that is about as big a difference of time zones as you can get. Oh man, time zones, hey? Oh, we should have a new podcast called Time Zones. <laughs> we'll put that on the list. We'll put that on the list. Um, um, uh, half a world apart. That can be the third one. Oh, beautiful. That's a beautiful title. Well, so today, uh, for our first episode in a long hiatus, uh, I thought it would be kind of funny to just talk about, is camp a cult? Is camp a cult? Because uh, it has a lot of similarities. There's a, lo- there's a lot of warning signs. There is a lot of warning signs. And, you know, other than the trauma, like, you know, aside from uh, trauma, I do feel like a lot of the signs are there. Well, let's delve into it, shall we? Sounds good. Now, before we get started on this, I actually do want to kind of mention something. Um... By no means do I think that me or Peter have any kind of expertise expertise in, you know, cults at all. There is entire fields of study devoted to this kind of thing. But it is pretty close to home for me because my parents were in a cult, like an actual cult. Um... Now, you're probably thinking, you know, Americans have the, you know, the painting on cults, but now here down under, we we have a handful ourselves. Now, the, the cult my parents were in, there was about 20 people in it. It never made the news. It was like back in the 70s or 80s. It's uh, not something you've ever heard of. You know, I think that's the thing. There's a lot of cults that never blew up, never became like a famous thing, never were in the news. And so this was one of those. And um, before you ask, uh, I'm not a cult baby. Uh, They left the cult and had me a few years after that. Uh, But I, for that reason, I guess I do know a little bit about it. I think it's important tonight. We're just having a bit of fun here. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, by all means, this is not a serious episode. You know, this is definitely something I've thought. Probably a lot of other people have 
thought this about themselves too, but like when you hear about a lot of these classic cults and everything like that, you think, well, I'm not that dumb. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have joined that cult. I wouldn't have done these things. I'm stronger minded than that. And like, I've definitely thought that about myself. But I kind of think back on summer camp and realize if that camp had sort of turned into a cult, I absolutely would have got like completely roped into it. <laughs> because like all the hallmarks are there. I don't think we're as um, unsusceptible to that as we think we are. Everybody assumes that they wouldn't fall for it. They're not going to get got. But that's what everyone else who gets brainwashed into those kind of things thinks. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I guess most of the time people aren't like, this isn't, (laughs) they're probably going, this isn't a cult. We're just a group of people who hang out, do some rituals, drink some (laughs) Kool-Aid. Yeah. Before I went to summer camp, if you'd have told me that Someone would convince me to let them uh, pour spaghetti <laughs> down my back. I'd have been like, yeah, no. But um, all of a sudden, it seems like a fine thing to do. Yeah, it would honestly, it takes a cult to make me stand up and sing and dance in a room with 300 people watching me <laughs> do it. <laughs> Never something you do of your own volition. No, no, not at all. Um, so talking about this, uh, Pete went and found uh, a list of some common things that, you know, what makes a cult a cult. So let's kind of lead off with some of those. Question number one. Is your leader the ultimate authority of your group? Camp director. Camp director. That <laughs> is the ultimate authority of your group. Yeah, he absolutely, or they would absolutely be the ultimate authority, right? Unless they have to answer to a board of directors. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, maybe some cult leaders have to also, you know, answer to some higher power. Mm. God, usually. (laughs) So, you know, I feel like check. Check. (laughs) Because I... God is basically a board of directors. He basically is, right? He's, He's running things. One of the camps I went to, um, the one of the directors used to be a camper, uh, like way back when, and we would have these meetings about like what we were going to be doing that week and whatnot. And she would honestly just like kick in the door in the mornings, and just change everything, yeah. <laughs> completely like scramble all our plans, throw out all her terrible ideas, uh, but we just had to do it. Because, you know, she had ultimate authority. Mm. Uh, Question number two. Does your leader have impressive made-up names or titles? (laughs) Two words. Executive director. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. The executive, it just sort of um, (laughs) gives a bit more authority on that one. It confers a higher power. Well... I mean, not even just the director, but camp is nothing but titles, right? Mm. <laughs> Can you think of a few? Um, I mean, I would make up titles for myself sometimes. 
um, salad bar liaison. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> just to just to keep an eye on things, you know. Make sure people aren't mixing up them spoons. S'mores sous chef. Mmm, that's a that's a great title to have. And yeah, it kind of it reminds me um, when I worked in kayaking. There was only two people who worked in kayaking, myself being one of them, mm. and me and the other guy, um, Glenn. We were always saying that, like, oh yes, as director of kayaking, <laughs> at every activity there was someone who was calling themselves like the leader of that activity, trying to be, you know, trying to climb the tiers. I mean, I've definitely referred to myself as sailing chief. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, sailing chief. Kayaking chief, climbing te- chief, teeth, teeth. Climbing with your teeth would be very hard. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's good to be back, Pete. Question number three. <laughs> so, um, I'm already laughing before I've even read it. Is your leader always right, and therefore you are not allowed to criticize them, even if the criticism is true? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, this isn't true for all camps, but I reckon there's someone out here being like, <laughs> "That's my director." We can all think of someone uh, who we have had to work um, for who uh, does not respond well to criticism. Yeah, and it's not always like the director of camp. Like sometimes the you know, the admin, um, they've been a camper or they've been a counselor for years and years and years and then they finally get into that position of leadership and absolutely go mad with power mm. or even like and just you know it doesn't have to be criticisms but just like taking suggestions oh definitely definitely what's what's next baby number four are members of your group discouraged from reading anything that is critical of the group <laughs> now <laughs> Can you think of anything that relates to specifically? Um, I'm going to say no, actually, on this one. I've got something. Look, um, any of you go look at your former camp and um, have a look through the uh, the Google reviews of a place. And um, <laughs> yeah, the, the place I worked at in Australia, um, there were, you know, obviously always lots of lovely reviews, but you also get a bunch of like... Um, bad reviews from people who just hated their time there. And it's always like really irrational stuff. And those comments are the funniest thing to go through and read. Um, <laughs> so if you have some time, go go look up your old camp, have a look through the Google reviews. And um, yeah, some of them are super funny. That is very funny. I mean, what's also funny is like, what if they're right? What if they're people who just sort of left that camp cult mentality They've escaped the bubble and they're actually like trying to be like warning us, you know, don't fall for it. And we're just so wrapped up in it that we don't know. We yeah. don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as your group is concerned, would they say there is no legitimate reason to leave them? Come back next summer. You know what? The amount of time I've spent trying to 
make up a legitimate reason why I have to come back. And every time I see other people from camp, we always are talking about, we got to go back. Yeah. You know, camp is the uh, Hotel California. You can check out, but you can never leave. I don't, sorry, I'm trying to think. What was what that reference? What was that Hotel California? Um, I think it's the Hotel it's California. The, the song. The song. Welcome to the hotel. Okay. That's I don't know the, the one. That's there. the one. That's pretty much the only lyric I know. It's the only song that I can think of about California that isn't written by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought you were going to leave it. It's the only song I can think of about California. And I'm like, oh, I've got a band for you. <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers definitely checked into the Hotel California and have never left. They have never left and they're never gonna. Just like I'm never mentally leaving camp. Is your group suspicious about the outside world? Yeah, totally. I'm for a long time suspicious of growing up <laughs> you feel like as long as you go back to summer camp you're still young at heart and that you know suspicious of uh, of not going back to camp I mean often when you're at camp you're constantly going oh when I'm in the real world and that's another thing you always refer to outside of camp is the real world mm. which is definitely a red flag because <laughs> you feel like you're in this kind of magical mythical place but you're like you're always thinking about oh like when i'm back in the real world i'm gonna do xyz i'm gonna bring this to the real world mm. it'll blow everyone's minds um and then you get out to the real world and no one cares <laughs> and your idea actually sucks yeah but at camp you could make it happen does your group believe that they are the right religion church group ones or only ones who have the right teaching slash doctrine oh man I feel like that is like the number one one right because everyone thinks that their camp is the best camp everyone thinks that the way that they do their camp is the best way you could run a camp a lot of my friends went to all different camps and whenever they're telling me about their camps, I'm just like, yeah, but it's not moose pine. Mm. No, it's not the same, you know? You're like, that. there's oh, no way that could work. <laughs> that would never work for moose pine. And moose pine is clearly the better one because yeah. that's the one I went to. You know, I've heard a lot of, so having conversations with people, we tell them about, uh, when I tell them about how our land activities worked. And so like kids would have like three sessions and they could just during changeover between the sessions, they could just wander off to another um, activity and just move themselves. And that's something that other camps like have no concept of. It's controlled chaos. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever had that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're like, are they unsupervised? And you're like, well, only a little bit. There's like eyes on them at all time. Yeah. At all times. Definitely. And, you know, this is you know, camp rivalries. If there's two camps near each other, they both think the other one sucks. Yeah. Man, I wish we'd have gotten some prank wars with a rival camp across the road. That would have been sick. Oh, that would have been sick. 
Unfortunately, we were the only thing for miles except for corn. Corn and guns. <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> teaching or doctrine sounds a lot like uh, core values to me. Yeah. Mm. I see it. If you were to leave your religious group, would remaining members, even family members, separate themselves from you, whereby there would be any emotional detachment? Can you re? <laughs> can you use that in a sentence? No, wait. Can you reword that for me? If yeah, if you were to leave your group, would people cut you out of their lives? I mean, unfortunately, that is. It's happening slowly, but that is. A very slow thing that is happening every year I'm away from Moose Pine, right? But also, if you think of when you've been at summer camp and on the rare, unfortunate occasions where people have been fired, do oh. you ever speak to that person ever again? Hot diggity. Now you, you're landing on usually. it. Like if, if you leave at the end of the summer, we all have to leave. Yeah. Know? So it's all amicable. If someone wrongs the camp and they leave forcefully, they're gone, right? Like, most of the time. They're dead to most people. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure everyone listening to this can think of a time that's happened. And honestly, if your camp is never firing anyone, that means you either have, like, three people in it or um, something's kind of wrong there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I've definitely been at a camp where people should have been fired that weren't. Hundred percent, Hundy P. Was that the last one? That is the last one. Well, that's all right. I mean, I didn't want to spend the whole episode just going through the list. Um, actually, one thing I did want to talk about, and I'm sure we could probably both touch on this a bit: the camp bubble, Pete. Mm. If I said the camp bubble. How would you describe that? As of this point in time, hearing the word bubble does make me think of like COVID bubbles, to be honest. <laughs> Don't make me think about that. Yeah. Uh, but the camp bubble is a world in which we all live in for approximately three months of the summer. And everything is self-contained within that. And nothing outside of that matters. Until the end of except summer, for, well, I say except for Walmart, except for Walmart. Walmart, I, I feel like there's, you know how sometimes you get a bubble on the side of the bubble. Yep, yep, y yeah. So that's like a that's like where Walmart exists. <laughs> or you know those like overlapping circles in a chart. I mean, I'm using hand, I'm using my hands right now, <laughs> which is not good for the audio medium, but um, it's those overlapping circles. A Venn diagram. Summer camp, Walmart, Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, that camp bubble is uh, such a such a special thing. I feel like I'm getting emotional now, but um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just want to rephrase this another way, in a more culty way. Something that both camps and cults probably both do. They take all of these people. Um, you know, maybe from different walks of life, different places, you know, we've got all these international staff, we have all these out of state staff, you know, hardly anyone actually lives at the camp the rest of the year. 
and they remove them from their families, their lives, their social circles, and then they take them out to the middle of the woods where you don't have any cell service or Wi-Fi maybe, and you completely kind of cut them off from the real world and you put them in this camp bubble where genuinely communicating with the outside world is a pain in the ass. Yeah. And you create this insular community where it starts to feel like only the people in the camp bubble exists. And then you're talking about what's happening outside of camp. And you, again, you're calling it the real world uh, because you know you're in this like magical fairy land where only the people around you are important. That's that's a part of the camp bubble, I think, for me. And it's like the, the experiences that you have with people and the bonds that you form. You know, if, if you're friends with someone, I don't know, throughout high school or whatever, you know, you're friends over the course of five, six, seven, eight years, that is almost equivalent to one three-month stint at summer camp. Because you're with these people 24 hours a day, seven days a week for, you know, these months at a time. I feel like the the number of experiences you have together rivals the amount of experiences you have with a best friend over the course of years. So some of the best friends I've ever had are people I've gone to summer camp with. I mean, me and you, Nick, (laughs) we're here doing this thing, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, that's how we We, know each other. We met 11 years ago. 11 years? At the Port Authority bus terminal. Um, Yuck. No, I think it's it's the perfect place for all that. Yeah, and I mean, so we spent, what, three months together, maybe two and a half. And then later that year, you came and stayed at my flat at uni for like a week. You know, like what a time that was. Just extend those courtesies to people and got a got a whole new family. I would say, like, um, to put into context, like how many people you've met and come across uh, during summer camp. Me and this uh, one staff member, we were both there during each other's summers. So every single summer, I was there. He was there too. And so on Facebook, we have like. 700 something mutual friends which is yeah i always think that like you know maybe and i'm not friends with everyone i've ever been to summer camp with so i'm like heck it could even be like a thousand people like staff members you know not even including kids that like i've ended up you know working with over all of those summers it's like i can't even remember all of them let alone uh you know, but during those three months, during that bubble, you know all of their names, you know all of their stories, all of their hopes and dreams, all of their campfire stories. What other culty aspects are there about summer camp, Nick? I would say a lot of the things we do at camp are quite ritualistic. Like, there's always going to be some kind of like camp ritual. You know, um, like in the morning, there's always some sort of situation where they gather all of the campers in one place for something. You know, for our camp, Mm. they do do like the Pledge of Allegiance where they get all of the campers together. But at the same time, at the end of every week, 
uh, we have all of the campers arm in arm singing a song in unison together. And we do that every week. And it's a terrible song. No one wants to do it. But we do it because we feel like we have to because it's a camp ritual. Thinking of um, the Pledge of Allegiance every morning, I thought you were going to say that America's a cult. <laughs> well, I don't want someone to nuke my house, so I won't say that. That's a topic that's too big for this podcast. Yeah, geez, we are too small a fish to cover that. But America is a bit of a cult. Yeah, the, the the rituals, you know, having your time managed, fitting into that schedule. It's a really comforting environment because, like, you know what you have to do every single day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's all these arbitrary rules that, like, they don't serve any purpose other than adding to the mythos. Like at our camp, mm. um, if you have your elbows on the table and you eat with your elbows on the table, you'll get called out for it, and you'll have to do a song in front of the whole dining hall. Um, you know, that's that's some cult behavior, you know? Just dumb, arbitrary rules made up by some long-forgotten higher power that if you, you are, don't you follow, are you're punished you are punished for, for it. Yeah. Punished for undesirable behavior. What other rituals have we got? Drink with your right hand. <laughs> yeah. Wear your clothes backwards. I mean, the punishments probably aren't as, as severe, <laughs> but they're equally as arbitrary. I mean, probably all camps have just weird little traditions and rules and things that you have to do just because that's how it's done. Even like campfire songs. Yeah. Playing Wonderwall every week. Skits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Camp Talent Show is a bit of a cult. Going back to the spaghetti down down yourself. Yeah, you're not doing that in the real world. It's only this sort of like high-pressure environment where you feel like for the acceptance of your peers and acceptance into the community and group, you have to do these things you have to be a certain way and there is that whole expectation of like if someone isn't silly enough or they're not participating in these things you know you're just like oh well they're just not they're just not camp enough like they just don't get it like if you have someone who thinks they're too cool for camp activities they tend to get shunned a little bit like ostracized from the group and that's that's pretty culty. Thinking you're too cool is not cool. Trying not to participate or not be goofy or silly, you know. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like, um, you know, that kind of gets beaten out of you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You, you have to act goofy and silly and make fun of yourself because that makes it a better experience for the kids. And that's why we're there. Yeah, if there's someone who's like, hey, I'm not going to put on the silly outfit and jump around for the kids, you just like, ugh. They're on the outs. <laughs> that typifies, I think we might have used um, the image before for a uh, for an episode promo, 
But that episode of me where I'm covered in slime with a fake nose and my sunglasses upside down and uh, I think I'm wearing a dress or something. Um, no, I was wearing a cape. Uh, it's just like... <laughs> yeah, you didn't get I mean, paid extra kind of sums to, up to do that. Some account, no. You did that because social pressures from your inv- internal environment that you're in. This is slightly off topic, but... Um, hey, that's what we do. We go off topic. Uh, I keep thinking about that spaghetti song uh, skit yeah. that we would do. And so I can't, there's like a song that goes with it. I can't even remember how it goes now. Spaghetti, but, um, we like spaghetti. I like... Oh, no, is that... I like spaghetti. Yes, I do. I like spaghetti. How about you? Uh, I might have just made that up. I think you did. If not, no. that's a good song, and people should use that. Um, so <laughs> there was this one summer where this one group of girls did that every single uh, week for the kids, and that was a cool, fun thing. And whenever they did it, they would be like, do you like spaghetti on your hands? And the person had to be like, yeah, I love spaghetti on my hands. And then they take some old leftover spaghetti from the kitchen and rub it onto their hands and be like do you like spaghetti on your shoulders Mm, i love spaghetti on my shoulders Mm." Uh, (laughs) so then one time me and ross and chucks and someone else have you told uh, this story (laughs) i haven't um but it was at family camp i know i haven't told it because i forgot about it until now uh, we did it at family camp, so all the parents were there with their kids, and they come down for a weekend, and we just like took it as far, as far as we could. I remember being like, "Hey Ross, yeah, do you like spaghetti underneath your eyelids?" <laughs> and just like trying to pin him down to the <laughs> ground and like jam spaghetti into his eyes. <laughs> do you like spaghetti? Inside of your ears, and then we're just like <laughs> tackling them on stage to jam spaghetti in their ear holes. <laughs> Got really violent on stage, and uh, everyone loved it. Oh, that's good. That's good. All for the greater good. The greater good. <laughs> Honestly, as I'm talking to you, I do keep making more and more comparisons to camp and cult. Like, I'm just thinking about like a classic camp. Sorry, a classic cult technique. See, I'm already jumbling the two. Uh, is to like you know have your members in like a, a state of deprivation. So you know you're either like not feeding them, you're overworking them, or not letting them sleep, mm. or in extreme cases like drugging them. And I just think about the fact that like you don't get much sleep at camp. Like if you're getting full hours of sleep every night, you're you're doing camp wrong. And everyone has worked very hard, usually, like very unbelievably hard in the hot summer. And like you are existing completely in a state of deprivation the whole time you're at camp. Like everyone's got that. You're too weak to fight back. Yeah, you're too weak to fight back. (laughs) Everyone's got that um, photo album at camp or whatever of just counselors just asleep in random places. Yeah. Because you're all just so worn down and tired all the time. You know, you become extra susceptible <laughs> to, to the influence of camp. 
Så ja. Yeah, I, I can't think of a good example right now, but yeah, just being super tired. Like when you're so tired, you become almost energetic again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just like, like wired, like you're on crack. Just ah. I mean, uh, have you heard of the just the phrase like "holy rollers"? Yeah, I've heard of that phrase before. Yeah, uh, basically, it was a cult in America at like the start of the last century. And the leader of it had all of the members just rolling around on the floor for like up to like 12 hours in a day, just rolling and singing and screaming all day. And if that doesn't sound like a camp activity, I don't know what else does. Just rolling around and singing could probably describe just a lot of days at camp. I've I've seen people do hungry, hungry hippos but real life. <laughs> so people are people are lying on like skateboards and you roll them forwards and they have to grab a bunch of balls with a bucket and then drag them back to your corner and then <laughs> go again. That's actually so cool. That's such a good idea. Yeah. 12 hours a day just doing that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of stuff at camp is just as silly as any of, any of that rolling around. That time we did... Uh, full-size Mario Kart. Yeah, that was sick. That was All sick. real-life Mario Kart. Um, if you want to hear about that, go to our episode about evening programs. It's probably one of our best. I mean, before we close out the episode, I guess I do want to just roll back to what I was saying at the start. Like, my parents my parents were in a cult. Um, they don't talk about it too much. Uh, but weirdly, when they do talk about it, a lot of it is fond memories Overall, negative experience, I'm afraid. Um, shock horror. But um, they are always talking about, like, at this at this cult that they were at, they were sort of made to be constantly working. Like, it was a bit communist. Like, they're all building each other's houses and they're doing big communal meals and they're all working together on everything the whole time and it's hard and it's you know, difficult and whatnot. And, but they also kind of remember that fondly. Hmm. And I have the same feeling about camp. Like I think about some of the worst, like most hard experiences we had at camp and they were just, you know, bonding. And it brought me like closer into camp, even though they sucked. Like that one time, thousands of dead fish washed up on our beach and we had everyone that worked there like waist deep in the water scooping up dead fish so that there wouldn't be um a million dead fish for the first week of camp and that was terrible and like no one was enjoying that but if you talk to anyone who was in the water that day they probably kind of remember it fondly i'll be honest i completely every time you do one of these episodes nick a new memory pops up that I haven't thought about in a very long time. I have not thought about those goddamn fish <laughs> in so long. But, oh, the, yeah, some trawler had, like, broken its net out to sea. So we had, that, like, the entire shoreline was, like, five fish thick <laughs> with more floating in the water. And obviously we couldn't have the kids swimming out there. So everyone's going around with nets, scooping them up. 
Um, but, you know, the stench, my goodness. Well, my next door neighbors have um, just started doing some construction work. So I see no better time than to take us to some wisdom. The wisdom zone. I've been involved in a number of cults, both as a leader and as a follower. You have more fun as a follower, but you make more money as a leader. <laughs> Creed Brand, The Office. <laughs> that dude's seen some shit. That is, um, that's very funny. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. That. <laughs> That tracks. You don't make a lot of money working at a camp, and you're not there for the for the money. Definitely, you have more fun as a follower, but you make a lot more money as an executive director. <laughs> that was maybe my favourite wisdom zone. <laughs> <laughs> so, just before we end, if you haven't heard from us for a while, if you are a regular listener we're going to try and be a bit better with our upload schedule and make sure we are posted a bit more regularly one a month that's the goal so keep an eye out in february that's a very reasonable time frame and who knows maybe you'll even get a bonus one once in a while if we can be bothered and who knows maybe we'll even stick to it <laughs> uh I was gonna do the plugs, but again, I'll be st- I'll start doing the plugs, and it'll be like you can follow us at. So, um, Pete, why don't you tell um, the good listeners uh, where they can contact us? Share your summer camp stories with us uh, by emailing us at this one time at summercamppod at gmail dot com, or you can find us on Instagram this one time at summercamppod. Woo. I'm working on a TikTok because that's what the uh, the youths are doing these days. So who knows? We'll maybe have that at some stage. See you next time. Sayonara. Sayonara.